Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. Yeah, looking, everything's looking, good? Look, yeah, well, I'm battling some sniffles here a little bit, but I'm doing okay. But I'm looking I, forward to the broadcast today. I'm surprised you made it in. Battling, no. battling sniffles. You're not one of those tough football oh. players, man. You're you, a pastor you, you, from you, Oklahoma. Oh, oh man. Hey, you man, I'm a little surprised you made it in. I figured maybe you'd call in sn- sick with those sniffles. Uh, I, got, I got some fight in me, Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you sure do. Hey, I got to tell you, the reason that I reached out so hard to get to this next guest, every time that we've had on a former Pittsburgh Steeler, in the last year, they have said the, the the name John Culp. And I take notes as we're doing these, and I put them in a uh, Faith in the Zone file. And I'll go back and look. And, and I started going back, and about every, you know, fourth or fifth sheet, I had John Culp's name written down. And so I reached out and, and able to, to get a hold of him through Christian Sports International. And John Culp, former Pittsburgh Steeler, four-time Super Bowl winner. Four time, but I have the first question I have for John Kolb. You ready, John? Okay. Catch or no catch? Ca- yes, catch or <laughs> ca- yeah. catch or no catch? Immaculate reception. Catch or no catch? The check is cash. Yeah, it's cash, <laughs> man. But I keep watching that tape, and I can't, I can't figure out in slow motion whether he caught that ball or not, John. Uh, okay, so here's the. The thing that always amazes me, I, I I have a hard time even watching ESPN because I'm not saying you're, you're I'm not saying your question was stupid. <laughs> no, <laughs> go ahead, no, go, go ahead, ahead John. John. Say it. Trust me, that so, ain't the so hey, I, that's not I even the first about, time some of the last half hour has said that to me. <laughs> yeah, but when I think about all the dynamics that led up to that, for example, the week before we played San Diego in San Diego. And uh, we were a half a game ahead. And so the Jets were playing the, the Browns the game before us. And so if the Jets won, we didn't have to beat San Diego. But if the Browns won, we had to win the San Diego game. And so uh, we watched the game on TV before we went down for the pregame meal. And uh, the Browns won, so we had to beat San Diego, or we would not even have been in the game. The, the Browns would have played Oakland. So wow. 
I, I remember the guy that, that did the chapel service was, um, I can't remember his name, but um, he, he did a, the movie, uh, the, the Hustler movie with um, Steve McQueen in it. And, and anyway, he, he, he started off the chapel service by saying, asking the team, what do you pray for before game? And Ray Mansfield was one of the older guys, and he said, well, I pray nobody gets hurt. And I pray the best team wins and, you know, all this kumbaya Sunday school stuff. And, uh, and, and his point was, well, what's in your heart? And so the chapel service was really about not praying to win, but by, about being honest with God. And it was just, you know, I probably would have remembered it anyway. So the next week, we're playing Oakland, and uh, we're ahead the entire game. And uh, one of my friends, uh, Craig, uh, Craig Hanneman, who now is suffering from ALS, uh, was in for a couple plays, and he lost, complaint, he lost containment on Ken Stabler, and Ken Stabler runs up the sideline and scores. So now we're behind, and everything is falling apart. So we go out on the field. The offense goes out on the field. We throw three plays, three incomplete passes. It's fourth down forever, and we're in the huddle. And Ray Mansfield, right after Terry called the play, Ray Mansfield says, we're breaking the huddle. And he says, somebody forgot to pray. <laughs> somebody forgot to pray to win. We broke the huddle. And uh, my guy, if you watch the film, my guy on, on left tackle, my guy, I played him, I don't know how many games he has never had an inside pass rush, ever. For some, so I said deep, thinking he's going to come up the field. He comes inside. And so you'll see Terry had to step to his right. And I tell people I did that on purpose, so we practiced <laughs> that play. And the timing never worked out right, so I thought if I let the guy inside, then the timing will work out right. But So the guy comes inside, and uh, Terry has to step to the right, makes the timing work out. And the ricochet works. We win the game, and uh, and uh, Ray Mansfield prayed to win, and that's that's the real history of that fight. Do you know that, uh, John? I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, just off of Harvard Avenue, right? And I was at our dentist's office for some reception, and I and I said they said hey well Ken would you like to watch a football game well we didn't even have color tv but this dentist had color tv I said oh I would love to that'd be great and I went in there and that was the game I watched I came out running going you're not going to believe how Franco Harris just caught this ball and ran it back and everybody everybody goes running in there to see it afterwards I remember where I was on that play do you remember where you were Mike I don't I don't. You know, I'm, I'm much younger than you guys. No. <laughs> you I got to be much me. younger than you boys. No, I, I was at home for that play. I do. Yeah. And and Mark. I couldn't. It was one of those moments I kept waiting for the official to put his hands up as a touchdown. And and, and it just seemed it, like, look, in today's game, there would be instant replay that would go on for about six hours on that play. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, the fans are jumping on the field. And I think those officials, I read this somewhere or heard it somewhere, that there was no way they weren't going to call that a touchdown. Well, that's true. That's true. The funny thing, you know, that just still continues to be funny. My oldest son lives in Germany, and they flew uh, home 
not this last summer, but the summer before last. And his his one daughter is six years old, and she was five at the time. And there's a picture of Franco uh, at the airport yep. in Ketchy making that catch. And next to him is a picture of uh, a statue of George Washington. And my little five-year-old granddaughter, uh, when when I saw her, she says, <laughs> she says, who's that guy standing next to Franco? (laughs) (laughs) See, that's that's Pittsburgh right there. I I thought, okay, we have our priorities right. My uh, granddaughter recognizes Franco Harris before she recognizes George Washington. (laughs) You know, I've been through that airport and seen that statue, and uh, I got to tell you, John, doing doing prep for this show – Today was as fun as a prep for any show I've done. I got to watch about 15 different things about not only about that team, but about that catch. And my favorite was when they talked to a couple of these Oakland Raiders and uh, yeah. the linebacker who said, look, Franco Harris was he, he he was he missed his block. He was running like he was very lazy on the play. So I'm following him. And I, I wasn't lazy. And that's why the ball went to him. And, I, you know, he's he they're holding him up on on their shoulder pads. And he man, if you watch the play, plus I got clipped. It was the worst <laughs> clip. It was the worst clip. In the history of clips, and man, those guys—I'll tell you, John, those guys on that Raider team are still upset about that. That's what's so cool about it. Just like <laughs> one of the Dallas Super Bowls, you know, the Cowboys are still upset about uh, you know their loss, and I can't remember which one, but it was the uh, um, that one strong safety that they had. Har- they, Harris, or Waters, had Waters, or Harris yeah. with uh, Len yeah. Swan with that yeah. catch. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I was a Cowboys fan. I watched that one. It's, 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 it's funny, and and it's true. <laughs> you know, we used to say on on some of these passing plays like that, and it, occasionally they would call what what's called maximum protection, which means Franco was supposed to help us if we needed help, and you know Franco was such a lazy blocker. I'll say <laughs> he was bad. That we would say after Kerry called the play, we'd say Franco, please stay out of the way. Because he tended to, he tended to shut his eyes, and sometimes, he, with his eyes shut, he would fall. He would be, we'd fall over him because he'd be right behind us, and we'd trip over him. And the guy that we're trying to block, you know, is going. So we, I don't know if I said it on that play, Franco. Please stay out of the way. You know, just go out, go out for a pass. You know, and he and he did miss his block, and then he just kind of leaked out. And then he kind of like ran a little bit, had his hand up, and then you lose him, and then boom, he's in the exact right spot, yeah. picks the ball up, yeah. and that stiff arm he had to get himself into the end zone was huge. And, you know, yeah. for one of the very few times, he didn't run out of bounds, which is big for Frank, for Franco. <laughs> That's big for me to yeah. talk about. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's, it's really <laughs> easy for me to say that sitting in Milwaukee in the studio in my shirt and tie. That Yeah, he didn't. Hey, look, guys, let's get to a quick break if we can. We're talking to John Kolb, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Four-time Super Bowl winner, now works uh, with Christian Sports International along with some other things. We're going to find out all the things that John Kolb is doing on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest for this show. He's a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Now he works with Christian Sports International along with a number of other things. He is John Kolb. Hey, Pastor, you know, the other thing that I saw when I was doing research is, is John competed a lot in the World's Strongest Man Contest. I saw him lift a car. Like he lifted a car. I mean, bigger than a bug. Yeah, it was a car. Okay. Lifted the thing right up. Now, again, you might be Pittsburgh strong. He ain't Wisconsin strong. <laughs> I mean, we lift buses here in Wisconsin, pal. You lift those little cars in Pittsburgh. Man, don't be coming up here to Wisconsin. Hey, John, he does this with almost every guest. John. He does talk smack. <laughs> only but because we, but you, we have fun with that, though. Only because you live so far away. I'm never going to meet you. Are, are, <laughs> hey, John, are you in, are, do you live in Pennsylvania or are you back in Oklahoma? No, I, I live in Pennsylvania. Um, it just after I was done um, playing ball, um, I I saw a lot of guys not um, um, the the team kind of transitioned early on. There was that first four or five years, and then those guys kind of were gone, and then Chuck brought in. You know, starting really starting in 1974, that was the first Super Bowl year, and that was the year you had in one draft you had all those Hall of Famers. You know, Mike Webster and uh, Jack Lambert and Lynn Swan and John Stallworth, and, and uh, the whole thing transitioned. And then I saw these guys that were prior to that; their lives seemed to just crash and burn, and it was kind of frightening to me. And I and I began to think. Um, you know, I don't want this to be the biggest thing that's ever happened to me, playing ball. Mm-hmm. And and so as it was finishing up, as you you know, as you get a little older, I think the thing that really happens is, you know, you play a game on Sunday and you're ready to go again the next Monday. And then, you know, it's going to take till Wednesday. And, and then for me, my 13th year, <laughs> Sunday was the next week was coming and I was still sore from the from the game before. Mm-hmm. And that's when you kind of know, okay, you're having trouble recovering. It's not that you can't run fast or do the job. It's that you just can't recover. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I began to, you know, as this as this kind of stuff was happening, I began to think, what am I going to do? And by that time, the people that I knew, you know, um, were in Pittsburgh. And, and so many of my friends from Oklahoma, you know, they'd kind of moved on, my college friends and stuff. And so... I just felt like it looked, turned out the opportunities were here and uh, ended up staying here. Um, and then when I started having a family, um, I didn't want to move my kids around. So mm-hmm. um, so we, we're still here. Yeah, okay. I, I have a son in Germany, and I have a son in Nebraska. He wrestled in Nebraska. And then I have a son uh, that's a strength coach at uh, WVU, West Virginia. Okay, I have a son over in Germany myself that's serving the military. So when we go mm-hmm. when we go to a break, we'll talk a little bit about that. Hey, John, uh, one thing that 
uh, we have loved about the program of Faith in the Zone is we we want to talk to you know to our guests about when they when they came to Christ, when that journey of faith began with them, and and we love it. We love to hear those stories. We love to hear how God worked in in someone's life, and we would love for you to just share with us. Uh, now, when, when your journey of faith, how you came to the Lord, what the Lord was doing in your life to, to bring you to himself. So thanks for coming on and being willing to share share that, as Mike always says, from the mountaintop. Um, yeah, I'm happy to do that. You know, one of the things that kind of bothers me is, you know, this is, to me, it's now it's about Jesus, not about me. Yeah. And I don't want it to sound that it's about me, but for, for me, it wasn't this... Um, it wasn't this. All of a sudden, I'm you know I'm in a revival and I you know I saw the light. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a it was a process that God used. Um, I mean, when I go down to my hometown in Wausau, Oklahoma, there's two teammates in the cemetery there on that hill in, next to uh, the interstate, mm-hmm. and Johnny Tagman and Benny Poe, and at both of their funerals. Um, at, Johnny Tagman was killed in Vietnam first, and at his funeral, I'm sitting there, and he said that Benny Cole died for us, and it happened to be the pastor of our church, mm. and and I just I went, huh, and I and I went home from that funeral. I'm in high school, and I went home from the funeral thinking, okay, I don't understand. I've heard Jesus died for me, and I just kind of accepted it, but I didn't even know why. And because, um, you know, I think, Pastor Ken, you probably maybe grew up in the same atmosphere. In my little, in Owasa at that time, there were five Baptist churches, a Methodist church, Assembly of God, a Nazarene church, and a Christian church, and a Catholic church, and no stop sign, or no stop light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so, you know, the, the idea that I was a sinner didn't, uh, I mean, we didn't even hold hands on haywags. That just, you know, and I didn't miss class. You know, I didn't cheat on tests. That that was kind of, and then so when the pastor said, Benny Cole died for us, I didn't understand that. And it wasn't long, a few months after that, I'm still thinking about it, and John Tagman was killed. And, uh, and it was a different pastor, but he said the same thing. So I, in that process, when I went to college, I began to investigate it. And I was, I was an FCA, I was an officer, you know, one of the, I don't know what, secretary or something. I didn't, but, um, and I still couldn't have told someone uh, what that meant. And, and I really, I'm not knocking any group, but when the Campus Crusade people uh, said, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, that didn't uh, that didn't touch me a bit because I had a plan for my life and it was working great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh-huh. I I had got to play football. I came to Oklahoma State. Things were working well. I, from the first day, I walked on the campus. You know, never had any injuries. I was playing, uh, and I was you know. So um, it actually wasn't until I got to Pittsburgh at a chapel service. We were playing the Miami Dolphins that the pastor talked about uh, God's, the, the, you know, one of the things, sometimes people say, um, and I'm this way too, 
you know, don't, and even the Bible says sometimes we don't know how to pray as we should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm in that spot, you know, the, the thing that comes to me is think about God's uh, attributes, you know, just his holiness. He is the creator. He is almighty. He is everlasting. He's unchanging. And, and to begin to think about what holiness is. And then pretty soon, if I'm doing that and doing it sincerely, I can see then what my heart is. And that was the process when I really first came to understand the the majesty of God, the the majesty of God. Um, and the second part of this is, um, I think that we communicate Jesus to people, um, and it's all about going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Jesus talked about. I mean, Paul. One of my favorite verses talks about. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or expect. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as, you know, a bigger car, bigger, you know, but in terms of filling us from the inside out beyond all that we ask or expect. And that continues to scare me because the things I see God do if we allow that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that if, mm-hmm. if that is concise or, but that's, that's what happened. It was a process of, of seeing um, what maybe I never looked at, uh, obviously didn't look at. It's mm-hmm. just the, the first time God speaks in the Bible, he said, let's there be light. Mm-hmm. And I never realized how much darkness is in my heart. And I'm, the more I live, <laughs> that's why sometimes it's scary, because the more I live, the more God reveals the darkness in my heart. Mm-hmm. You know? well, uh, John, thanks. Uh, you're absolutely right. It seems like then it was with the with the Steelers, which I mean, when we had Tony Dungy on, he talked a lot about those guys that knew Christ and knew him personally and were authentic and real, and the inf- and the influence they had on his life uh, in that regard. And so it was really probably, even though you grew up you know, here in church and so forth, it was still probably that time when you were there at chapel with the Steelers that you it, it finally hit you as far as your sinful condition. And that, you know, there's no way I can gain God's merit with his, you know, with, with his holiness and his justice. and as, pa- yeah. Pastor, could I just jump in yeah. for a second? Yeah. Do you know how many times we have heard from these guys from Pittsburgh about the the, the chapel service in Pittsburgh and the mm-hmm. people that were, were, you know, ahead of the organization and Chuck Knoll and... That the more people that we talk to about Pittsburgh, and I've always been a Steeler fan, but I would love to have been know what I know now back then to to, mm-hmm. to understand what kind of organization Pittsburgh was, and 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 probably still is. John, was it was that an easy place for you to walk worthy? I mean, to be able to say, "Look, I'm a Christian here in the locker room." You were comfortable being able to do that in the Steeler organization. I think one of my favorite, you know, you were talking about guys you've had, you've had as guests that um, um, that mentioned my name, and that's that's very humbling. <clears throat> uh, Donnie Shell was a guy that um, <clears throat> I don't know how many times. Surely they've mentioned Donnie Shell. Yes, Donnie Shell would knock on my door in training camp at six thirty in the morning, and I would get up and I'd kind of slowly walk to the door in my dorm room because I wanted that. I wanted every minute. I was tired. Training camp is, is terrible. You you get up at seven in the morning in those days 
and you finish meetings, if you're a lineman, you finish meetings at 10.30 at night. Those are not union hours. And and so he would knock on my door at 6.30. He'd knock on everybody's door at 6.30 in the morning. And I'd open the door, and he'd say, oh, good, you're up. As long as you're up, as long as you're up I'm having a Bible study down in my room. And I, Donnie wasn't up, but, but I am now. So I'd go down there, and Donnie most of the time would start out by saying, I was reading my Bible last night, and this just popped out at me. And I used to pray. I don't pray in King James. You know, I never learned to do that. I'd pray, Lord, could something pop out of me? Uh, you know, how, can, how does Donnie read this? And it just pops out at him. And, you know, and James says, if anybody likes wisdom, let him ask for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a promise from God. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand the Pythagorean theorem. You know, I still, there's things in the textbooks I still don't understand. But when I pray, Lord, help me to understand what this scripture says, and then mm-hmm. you pray over it. And mm-hmm. one of the things I like to do, it just works for me, when I'm on a treadmill or I'm out on a walk, I'll write that, the scripture that I'm working on at that time on a card. And, uh, and, and if I'm, running, for example, running on a treadmill and I'm reading that scripture, uh, I think what First Thessalonians 5.23 says, And now may the God of peace himself sanctify. You know, the sanctify, that's one of those elliptical words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a big theological word, yeah. Yeah, I never heard a pastor in Oklahoma say sanctified. They said, you got to be sanctified, and they'd shake. <laughs> so I never wanted to be I never, you know, it's like consecrated. It's an electrical word. I didn't want to get consecrated. <laughs> I shake when they talk about consecration. Uh, but if you understand sanctified or consecration, uh, sanctified means to be holy and set apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it says, and now, and it says, and may your spirit and your mind and your body, all three of those things, and the word it uses there is teleos. And teleos is a cool, it's kind of a cool athletic word, I think. It helped me play in sports, and it means, essentially it means to be all that you can be. Now, that's translated in my American standard as complete. Mm-hmm. But it means to be all that you can be. And, um, and so what he's, what he's asking us to do there is to be all that we can be, spiritually, and to be all that we can be um, cognitively, mentally, emotionally, and to be all that we can be physically. And when I started to read that, I thought, you know, God, Lord, you have kind of brought this process through to me in that the competitiveness of growing up in Oklahoma, you know, and, and I think Ken will tell you, if you didn't become a football player by the time you're in the like ninth grade, they, your parents would put you up for adoption. <laughs> so, you know, in, in the ninth grade, I weighed 120 pounds, and so I was worried about my home life there. And and so I I started working out as hard as I could because I wanted to be a football player. And and then I went to college, and then I realized I needed to make some grades. I needed to study here. And then through that process in Pittsburgh and Donnie Shell and some of these guys that really studied the Word, I thought, you know what? It's like Bud Wilkinson was asked one time after a football game. He was the head coach at OU, and I never never forgot this. They asked him what his definition of football was, and he said football is 40 young men running around on a football field desperately in need of rest, 
being watched by 40,000 people up in the stands desperately in need of exercise. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, I just remember him saying that when I was a kid. And, and I thought, you know what? How long are you going to stay a spectator, John? And I think that's what our team was about. Because I remember, you know, in one of the Bible studies, uh, you know, and, and there was, you know, the guys that you've talked with, uh, but the older guys like myself, uh, Mel Blunt was another one. John Stallworth was another one. And we started doing these summer football camps. And, the, and Hollis Half was the chaplain. And he would organize them, and guys would come. And, uh, and I remember one night, uh, I got up at 2 in the morning, and I was kind of checking the hallways at this football camp. And um, there was this kid on the phone. You know, we didn't have cell phones in. He was on the hall phone. And I was going to jerk him up and put him in bed. And, you know, and he didn't see me coming. And as I was getting close, I could hear him say, Mom, you can't believe this. I had dinner with John Stallworth tonight. I, I sat next to John Stallworth when we were eating. And at practice, John Stallworth was throwing me the ball. And, Mom, you won't believe this. John Stallworth is asleep in a bed right next to me. And it was 2 in the morning. This kid couldn't sleep. And I just turned around and went back to my room. So I appreciate all the nice things you said about me, but it was a whole team full of guys that realized that, you know, it was not just a um, – you know, it was not just a 40,000 people sitting up in the stands, but we had guys, you know, desperately need, if you will, kind of a rest. You bet. That were just, you know, and it, and it's cool when I think about it. Um, you know, I have a 501c3 nonprofit. I don't even know what those initials stand for. But, <laughs> Me neither. Uh, uh, anyway, what we do is we raise money for uh, adults and children with special needs because um, – that's kind of my what I do for a living. I, I teach kinesiology at YSU, and I work in this orthopedic office. And so a lot of our people, they, they, they don't have adequate funds, and so we've raised money. And I have teammates, last, you know, last uh, six months ago, they called and said, we want to have a fundraiser for you. And so um, even some of the guys that never attended the chapel services, they came. I was so overwhelmed at how this, you know, I, you know, I, I'm Hall of Famers, guys, you know, that, um, I mean, just household names showed up for this. And we raised enough money to keep us going for quite a while wow. with, with this. And so I'm trying to, I guess, answer your question by saying it was a, uh, a thing where definitely the Spirit of the Lord touched people and, uh, and I think uh, to a man, what you would, they would tell you is they want to make a difference. Boy, that's awesome. Guys, we've got to get to a break, but I didn't want to interrupt John. That was awesome. Uh, John Kolb, thank you. We're talking to John Kolb, again, former Pittsburgh Steeler, four-time Super Bowl champ, and he's he's doing great work. And we're going to find out a little bit more about some of the things that he's doing on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. 
Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside the head pastor from Brookside Baptist Church. He's Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest. Man, I'm, I'm really enjoying this show. He is John Kolb, former Pittsburgh Steeler. He does a lot of work in the Pennsylvania area. He also works with Christian Sports International. In fact, you can go to teamcsi.org to find out more about Christian Sports International. Pastor? Hey, Mike, uh, I just am so thankful John joined us today, and and I love, love hearing his testimony. And um, I, I guess uh, as I listened to you, John, it was really what God was doing in your life, even all the way back from, you know, in, in Owasso with your teammates dying and so forth. But, but it kind of came to fruition there with the Steelers and Chapel where you, you just nailed that down with Jesus and have just been living for him ever since, right? Well, I think um, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Is, you know, uh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's my desire. You know, one of my favorite psalms um, is... Um, um, I think it's Psalm 27 a minute, but it, it, it says, "Yeah, the Lord is my the... say, seek my face. My heart said to thee, Thy face, O Lord, I will seek." Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it starts out, "The Lord is my light, my salvation. Yep. Who shall mm-hmm. I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread?" And mm-hmm. but right in the middle of it, it says, "When when God said to him, seek my face, my heart said to you, Thy face, O Lord, I will seek." I love that because David was a man after God's heart. And when you say something like that, it kind of gives me goose pimples because I go, yeah, I would like to stand up here and say, I wake up in the morning and I am dedicated and I'm bouncing out of bed. You know what? A lot of times I wake up in the morning and I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm thinking, why did I say I would do this? Why am I trying to, what is going on here? And I'm, you know, and I and I'm, the older I get, the more sometimes that that happens, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yeah. And then I read where David, a man after God's own heart, wrote all the Psalms. Yeah, would say something like that. And Paul would say in the seventh chapter of Romans mm-hmm. that there's this war going on yeah. inside, mm-hmm. and the things that he knows he should do and he doesn't do, that you know, uh, and he's not doing them, and. And then, wretched man that I am. That's Paul said. Yep. Well, you know, David, and you take what David and Paul wrote out of the Bible, and we we miss a lot of this yep. stuff. And so I really have trouble. I don't want to, you know what? On one hand, I would love your, your listeners to say, here, yeah, you know, the one of the struggles I have is because being a Christian is not just about um, going to heaven. Yeah. Uh, we mm-hmm. we call our a we call our 501 the nonprofit thing. We call it adventure training with a purpose. And the reason we call it that is because one day I had this guy with post polio syndrome and I was and I won't go into all what that problem is, but I was trying to show him something and he said, "Will this help?" And I thought for a minute, I I would I wanted to tell him just like you asked me a question, "Yep. Yep, this will help." No no yeah. question. Mhm. And I said, but I said to him, you know, I love, I love, even though I grew up in Oklahoma, I love going to Colorado and Montana and Canada and climbing mountains. Mm-hmm. That's, I love that. And I hope there's mountains in heaven. <laughs> and, and so before we would climb a mountain, we would pray. And, 
and I would say to my sons, let's go have an adventure, because we didn't know if we were going to make it to the top or not. Mm-hmm. And and so I said to this man with post-polio syndrome, I don't know, but let's go have an adventure. Ah. So when my accountant asked me, what do you want to call this thing? I said, uh, let's call it adventure training with a purpose. Mm. And he said, well, that's a mouthful. Can we call it ATP? Well, then I got all excited because ATP stands for adenosine triphosphate, which is the gasoline that God makes for us to burn. Yes, mm. that's, that's where energy comes from in the human body, ATP. Mm. And so I'm, I'm standing here just going, oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm thinking adventure training, and he's going ATP. Hey, John, can people find that on the website, Adventure yeah, Training? I the think purpose? it's called adventurestraining.org or something like that. Yeah. John, the thing to— the best, yeah. okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just, I was just going to say, yeah. I'm such a—the the, the young people around me, they helped, They built the website. My uh, youngest son, Caleb's real active in it. And, oh, good. Uh, so, um, yeah, if, that's, if, if they don't get it and they call you— uh, let me know. But it's Adventures Training. I don't think they, the website is Adventures in Training. I think it's just AdventuresTraining.org. And if you Google Adventures Training with a purpose, um, you're going to find this. And, and it's certainly it's tied okay. with, with John Kolb and former Pittsburgh Steeler that we're talking about here on Faith in the Zone. Pastor? Yeah, John, as I've heard you, as I've listened to you talk, I've enjoyed visiting with you today and just appreciate one aspect that as I've listened that you keep bringing up, you you love the anticipation of of the adventure or what God's going to do in your life, even each day that you wake up. And and I, uh, you know, that's challenging to me to you know, that your walk with the Lord and, hey, I don't know what it's going to be like today, but my anticipation is he's going to use me today. I have a friend, uh, and we just we just talked about this last night. I don't know if you remember what the, when the, because uh, there's been so many in the last few years, but a few years ago in Virginia Tech, um, there was a, a shooter that mm-hmm. walked down the halls of the college classroom and he he came to a classroom, and the professor in the classroom ran to the door and held the door so that the students could run to the window and get out. And the students all got out, but the professor ran to the door and lost his life. Mm. And this friend of mine, who we talked last night, and that's what we were talking about, and that's kind of our little succinct way of saying it. Are you running to the window, John? Are you running to the door? Mm. Um, and uh, that's. I, I would think you're running to the door, John. John, just, I, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, as, well, as I've listened to you talk, you'd be running well, to the I've, door. And as I looked at some of the learned, pictures of of yeah. to this day, how strong you look, you'd be running to the door. I that I have what no I've doubt. Learned is that if we don't run to the door in the little things. Or, you know, I'm pretty confident I'm not going to run to the door in the big things. Mm, so that, that's each good. day when you wake up and that, you know, whatever that adventure God has for you is, you know, sometimes I want to run to the window. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so without those men that support, uh, one more, I don't know how your time is. We're good. One more uh, Bible study. This, I think we were playing the Jets and Rich and that, Richard Allen Farmer was the speaker. 
and he started the Bible study by uh, the chapel service before the game, and he had one hand up and one hand down. And that's how he started. He said, life like this. And he was reaching up with one hand, and one hand was down. So we're all looking, and he said, um, you got to have one hand down, and you're reaching down to those people that you can help and you can bring up. Mm-hmm. And you're reaching down, and you're reaching down. But, man, you got to have one hand up. you got to find that person that's more mature than you are. you got to find those teammates that you can have one hand up, and you're reaching up to those men that iron sharpens iron. And if one man stumbles, who will pull him out of the ditch? Exactly. And, uh, you're right on that, John. It's like, and uh, I, you know, I realized I didn't have that hand up very well. Mm-hmm. And I really try to foster that now. Yeah. It's like you have to be on higher ground. That's really kind of what you're saying, too. You got to be on higher ground to pull someone up. Um, yeah. And that, that, yeah, that's a great point. And, and hopefully this broadcast, this program that, that Mike's worked on here with Faith in the Zone, will help people that are out there searching for answers. Uh, they've been listening to folks like yourself that that are sharing that there is an answer to life, and it's in Jesus. And um, and, and I love I love what you've been doing with hey, that. Hey, John, before we cut you loose, at mm-hmm. the, the radio station that we, that we work at, that I work at, uh, two ex-Green Bay Packers work here on a daily basis, uh, Leroy Butler and Gary Ellerson. And Gary played at right. Wisconsin, played for the Packers, played for the Lions. And you had said earlier in the show that the older you got, that you know, it's harder because you were still sore from the last Sunday. And I, <laughs> I talked about this on the air a couple of times, but I asked Gary what it was like to be a running back in the NFL. And he said, do you really want to know? I said, yeah. He said, put on a football uniform, walk out into your alley, and run into the garage door as hard as you can 25 times. And then tell me how you're feeling the next day. And tell me how you're feeling on Tuesday. Do that on a Sunday. And then, you know, you'll get an idea what it was like playing a game in the NFL. And listening to some things, doing some research again with you, you talked about being a lineman is different because it's not really a learned behavior. It is a learned behavior. You have to learn to not run away, but to run into somebody. And exactly. it, yeah, that that was an awesome statement. I thought, man, he is right. You were one of the, the greatest linemen in, in Pittsburgh Steeler history, and and it has just been our pleasure, John, to have you on. I would love to have you on in the future. We didn't get to talk to you much about some of the great works that you're doing now, but and again, he works doing some speaking engagements with Christian Sports International and adventure training with a purpose is uh, something that, that John is doing quite a bit. If you want to Google that, is there a place on that website, John, if people are being led to give and, and help donate some money your way? It is my understanding that there is. Excellent. Yes, uh, yes. and we appreciate that. It, we're, uh, we've got college students that are in my class that that are part of this now doing the hands-on stuff. That's so cool. And then the young people and the older people – I mean, the, my oldest is an 87-year-old ex-paratrooper. Wow. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. That's know, awesome. Think, you know, to see people that, uh, yeah, that are getting to move, their movements improving, yeah. John, yeah. Keep, so keep up, you, John, keep up the good work. Continue to walk worthy, and, and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed visiting with you. You bet. Okay. Again, he is John okay. Cole. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. John Cole, man, he was good. Pastor, I would highly recommend that when you get home, just Google John Kolb, K-O-L-B, and watch some some game highlights. He pancakes some boys, man. He told a story that I was watching that Jack Lambert, Mm. he said, look, we're a one team, but offense is, you know, when we're at practice, he said, I don't like the uh, the defense much. He said, I was kind of a quiet guy, but Jack Lambert kept talking. And so I finally said, hey, why don't you bring that my way? This is John Cobb talking. And he said, look, I've watched Jack Lambert over and over again, and I and I know his spin move. I've watched it a million times, and I know it's coming. And so I set myself for the spin move, and he puts his head down and goes right through me and sacks Bradshaw. Bradshaw's yelling at him. Chuck Knoll's yelling at him. Lambert's laughing at him. And he said, I couldn't believe I opened my mouth. And and I fully expected, I set my feet, fully expected him to do the spin move, and he ran right through me. And he said, I'm on my backside, and Bradshaw's yelling, and man, it was, uh, he was fun to watch in some of these game tapes. Yeah. He had good feet, and he, if you moved, he hit you. Yeah, wow. That yeah, Pittsburgh Steeler organization, yeah. man, we keep getting yeah. good guys from there. Yeah, I hated it as a growing up in Oklahoma as a Cowboy fan when he when you said, "What about the?" He wanted to know who the strong safety was with the Cowboys when they beat him in the Super Bowl, and I, I said, you t-? and then he said, "Now, which which game are we talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> that was hard to watch yeah. and listen to, man. Bad. That Lynn Swan catch was beautiful. Yeah, it was. It they really had, was. They had some great Super Bowl games. Those two teams against oh, each other. Oh, they did. Yeah. They did, and I'll tell you what he Frank he didn't he didn't have many good things to say about Franco Harris blocking. Did no, he? he didn't. He said Franco, get out of the way, go out for a pass, <laughs> just get out of our way. And when I said, look, he that was the one play he didn't run out of bounds on, uh, and he I don't think he laughed at that much. That that, that was like just uh, with Franco's move was we had Sid Bream last week with the slide. Yes, I mean it was that it was that caliber. Where people remember where they were when oh, it happened, and you, when he said, "Look, what kind of question is that?" You know, because <laughs> look, it's already been cashed. He said it's the, yeah. it's he already. Said, he said been it was cashed. a stupid question. <laughs> Man, it's the first thing you've remembered in years. But that you got, huh? You, well, I'm you. I'm usually the one asking the stupid questions. Well, I'll tell you, I wrote you a note, man. That one question you reminded me of Roy Firestone right there. Remember though, Roy was the best interviewer of all time. I thought he made everybody cry. You asked that question, and he did. He just went in a totally different direction. I, you know what? I, I'm notorious for that, Mike. I, I and you, you truly do carry us. I got to tell I, you. I was surprised you didn't ask him the Tom Landry one. I was just shocked. You know, he had a he would have possibly been able to answer that. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, Pastor, so. this, man, you're a good man, Pastor King Kellner. Mike, enjoyed it. That's good Bro- broadcast today. Brookside Baptist Church. Hey, I go to the early service on Sundays. Sit in the back. Come on up. Come on over and join my wife and I. Far, far right hand side. You can catch far, him. There. Far right hand side. 
Uh, the pastor, have a great week. You too, Mike. You Appreciate bet. it, buddy. You All got right. it. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.